no two-minute warning today, and there was no show yesterday, so it's a full show today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever it is you've decided to make Big Sky Sports Talk a part of your day. My family and I greatly appreciate it. You found the only podcast in the world completely devoted to the coverage of the four major franchises of the four of the four major markets of the major market of Phoenix, Arizona. But we do things differently. We cover it from Big Sky Country, Billings, Montana. We also cover ASU football, ASU basketball, USL championship soccer with the Phoenix Rising, and the WNBA with the Phoenix Mercury. All available to you Tuesday. Typically Tuesday through Saturday. Um, I didn't do a show yesterday and it got me all jacked up. And the reason why I didn't do a show yesterday is because uh, it was only D-backs and it would have been like like may- may- maybe five minutes. I mean, it would have been a you know, little in- intro here, no two-minute warning, and then like all D-backs. And, and well, because I didn't do a show... And I, because I couldn't remember how much Diamondbacks I covered, um, we're going to have uh, D-backs a part of the show and no two-minute warning today, um, just to kind of give you a heads up. Um, but uh, yesterday, I had a, a Zoom meeting, and I think I might have mentioned this earlier in the month, um, but a Zoom meeting for a uh um a middle school it apparently was their career day i didn't know that and uh yeah that makes me feel even worse that i felt like it bombed that's just how i felt like um but it was zoom meeting um for middle school in in um in Washington, about 20, 30 minutes or so, um, from, uh, Seattle, uh, Linwood, uh, Washington. And, uh, anyway, it went okay. Um, maybe there could have been some things that I could have done differently to prepare better. Um, but it didn't flow how I thought it was going to flow. Um, you know, it had, uh, questions that, you know, I, should be should familiar should familiarize myself with and and that was gonna be asked and it you know it really didn't it was really more open forum but um I don't know it was it was good it's hard to tell how it went because like I said it it was it was real open sorry I'm adjusting some things on my desk um it was it was real open, which was which was good, but um, it kind of made me feel like I felt like before when you have a devotion with you know um, like the youth group or something like that, or you know preaching to youth, and you get a lot of the blank stares, and you wonder is anybody receptive to anything that I'm saying, and then like maybe one comes up to you you know, later that night or, you know, the following week, said, hey, you remember what you said? You know, da-da-da. Well, it, it, you were speaking to me and, and um, you know, stuff like that. Um, 
So I don't know. Um, you know, I was able to kind of uh, plug myself in a roundabout way. Um, the teacher did ask, "Hey, so what? What is the name of your podcast? What you know?" And so, um, but and, and I guess I should have backed up and and punted a little bit. Um, it the career day, uh, at least where I was speaking, is is uh, sports broadcasting. You know, so I'm not a professional broadcaster, but I broadcast. Uh, a podcast is a broadcasting uh, is a type of broadcast, and it is uh, sports. So. I, I filed under that category, but I guess we'll see really how, how it went. Um, maybe, uh, maybe you're listening today and you are one of the students or, or, or whatever. Um, I, I hope you are. Um, and, uh, you can always, uh, contact me, um, big sky sports talk at gmail.com. If you are one of those students and, you know, we can get further in, deeper into it. And, and even if you're not, you can contact me. I'm always asking for that. Um, but anyway, I had that yesterday, and then um, and then day before, um, um, when it was all Diamondbacks that, that would have made, um, you know, yet yesterday's show, um, it, uh, I had my background check, kind of interview thing well I had an interview but I had a background check it was like a second interview I don't know uh, for big brother big sister so I'm um, excited about that um, once my references have been contacted uh, should should just be about a, a, a go so I'm excited about that and then also um, yesterday and I, I don't know how often I'll do this, um, but I, I do want to say this before I kind of get into it. So I'm a big fan of the show This Is Us. I love it. Some people's like, I hate it because I hate crying. Hey, I hey, sometimes I cry too, and I don't know. It, it's it's a release for me, not, not, not for anything that's happened to me specifically, but I have related to that show on so many levels. I think my family is tired of me bringing it up um, in certain situations. And I will continue to do so because I feel like it's so applicable to you know so many different things. So um, recently, uh, or well, well, yesterday, I had a conversation with my mom. And she's like, hey, um, tonight when you get off work, um, you know, I'm going to go with you to Nicole's. I said, are you sure? Because that's going to be, you know, 10 o'clock or so. You're usually, you know, in bed between 8 and 9. And she's like, no, I'll be up because I get, you know, I work, I'm going, as you remember, I'm going out of town. So I'll be, I'll be up getting packing and all that. Excuse me. Um, and, uh, you know, and I said, okay. Well, needless to say, she texted me like halfway through my my day and said, "No, I'm not gonna go." Um, but one of the reasons why she's going over there is that she does want to go to church. That's one, and then two, she really wants to spend time with her um, her nieces and nephews and whatnot, and specifically her her you know not to single any one of them out. So I sorry if you got you others are listening, but um, she wanted to spend time with with Fallen which is my youngest niece. And um, 
mainly because, well, I mean, she does want to spend time with her, but she also has felt bad that um, her sister, her being my mom, uh, my aunt, uh, uh, sister, um, which would be Fallon's great aunt, um, has been over there a couple times, and my mom hasn't, and and he's it and has even stayed the night, you know, with her and whatnot. And she's felt bad, and she's like, I also want to go over there and 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 spend the night with with Fallon for a couple of days. And I said, Well, that's great. I said, But I want to say something, Mom, and I don't know if it means anything, but let you know, let me let me go get my phone. And I said. You and then I come back and you know I have a clip of this is us that I'm actually going to play right now. So credit to um, um, NBC, you know, um, rights and credits to NBC as uh, that's where the show aired. Um, but this is from my 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 Voodoo account. So just a couple uh, seconds of of the show. Um, but normally wouldn't do this because I I, I know I can do it with interviews and stuff like that i don't know if i can do it with this but i'm going to anyway and i apologize you know if you guys see me in the paper that i've been sued a bunch of money for you know like literally less than a minute of of sound even though i gave sound credits then you know we'll find out but anyway um i i played i played this this following clip and spoilers i guess um you know, um, but there's a moment where uh, Randall, younger Randall, is is you know, he's really into his his teacher. Like you know, he his his teacher's black. He's black, and he's way raised by white parents, and and um, and and whatnot. And so he he finds a connection with his teacher. Um, Mr. Lawrence, Corey Lawrence, and um, Jack's, you know, trying, not, you know, well, yeah, he is trying, trying to one-up, you know, he's shown in his room and said, my dad bought this, he said, no, 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 son, I built this, and, you know, he's kind of going back and forth, and kind of, you know, and and, and it's kind of awkward, um, but uh, and and Mr. Lawrence and his, um, his his wife and and Rebecca all kind of you know notice what Jack's doing and it's not like he's being a jerk or anything like that but anyway um, so he well here's here's a clip and I'll, I'll just kind of you know say how I applied it to to my mom let me make sure yep should be good. What is going on with you? What? Jack. What? If you're competing with Corey for your son, you're gonna win. I mean, that man in there, he could be uh, Albert Einstein, and you would still win. Because our son is always gonna choose you. Always. But if you do that, if you make him choose, Randall's gonna miss out on something really special. Something, something he really needs. And then where would that leave him? Who's up for some pie? 
so um, yeah, that's uh, again. This is us, uh, season four, episode seven. Um, dinner and a date. Um, there's the full credits. Um, and I pl- I showed that to my mom. She's seen the show before, and I showed it to her. I said, "Mom, you know, you don't have to compete with with Aunt Dana. You know, you're gonna win every time. You're Fallen's grandmother, and you know, no." No less value to Tandana, who's her great aunt, but I mean, you're her grandmother. You know, you're 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 gonna win it all the time. And Dana has her own grandchildren, and and whatnot. Um, you know, it's going to be a different relationship. There's no need to compete, and there's no need to compete even you know even if there was a winner or a loser. Uh, in my mind, you know, especially with family. Um, you, we don't have to, you know, compete for attention. Just, just be there. Be who you are, and 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 do what you do, um, and don't try, don't make it a competition. Because as Rebecca said, you know, if you do, you know, the other party will miss out on so many things because they're they're felt left to to choose. So, um, I don't know if that's applicable applicable to you in your life if you've grown up in a divorced family like I have where maybe as a kid you feel like you're back and forth with between parent and parent and you feel like you got to choose which parent is is the better parent because whatever and I know uh, even my nieces and nephews are kind of going through that where where you know some days uh Gage and and my sister will will be at odds and he'll be like I want to live with dad and Oh, dad's, you know, not as stable as mom, so it wouldn't be a great choice. And he doesn't realize that sometimes. He just sees that, well, dad's easier than mom sometimes. And, and you know, same with, you know, um, with Charlie. And, and, and um, so she'll feel the same way. And, and, and I don't know, it's just... You know, they feel like they got to have a favorite parent and, and whatnot. And you just, you don't. And... Um, each parent going to do things differently. Each person in your family and friends are going to be different. And um, if if someone new comes in your life, um, then you know they're going to play a different roles too. And there shouldn't be a, a competition. And and so I I said, Mom, I don't know if that means anything to you or not, but I felt like I wanted to say it, and she said it did. So. But I am excited that uh, later on today she is going with me over there and, and um, should be good. And then that she's going to church. So I'm uh, super excited about that. I, I mean, you know, I'm head over heels on it. Um, but anyway, that's kind of been me for the last couple of days. Um, I guess uh, for the first time, um, as I said, no two-minute warning. So we're going to get into the Diamondbacks. Going to cover a couple of games, maybe even some that... I already have, excuse me, as I have like a, a hiccup or whatever um, going on. But uh, th- the Diamondbacks are up next on Big Sky Sports Talk. How about that? So I said earlier I don't remember what I've talked about with the Diamondbacks, so we're just going to take a couple minutes, couple minutes and – and this is why I didn't do a two-minute warning. I'm really struggling today. Um, a couple minutes and go over a couple of uh, games. 
um, including the split squad that they had um, Friday or Thursday and uh, um, the game they had yesterday. And then, of course, uh, preview the game they'll have uh, this afternoon and shoot as late as it is as I'm getting this podcast out. The game might already be in progress by the time you're listening. Um, but anyway, so I'll I say I know I talked about the 13 to 2 against the Kansas City Royals. I, I believe I talked the 7 and 3 um, against the uh, White Sox. Um, because they were on a roll, and then uh, I guess we'll start here. The seven to one loss against the Angels, and I, I believe I talked about this. Yeah, I did. Um, it was seven unanswered, and then uh, Dimebeck scored the uh, lone run in the um, in the eighth. Um, and uh, Zach Davies with the loss. Yeah, I do remember that. Um, the here's the split squad. So I, I this is where I left off. Now that I'm uh, looking at it. Um, so they had a split squad um, against the Cubs and the Dodgers. They lost by a lot of runs, and they won by a lot of runs at the same time. The first, the Cubs, a 11-1 spanking by the Cubs. Um, Ryan Nelson, uh, he pitched uh, four and two-thirds, uh, three earned runs, uh, three strikeouts, and two walks. Um Cubs scored one in the second. Dimebacks scored their only run in the fifth. And then uh, Cubs, um, 10 unanswered between the fifth and the eighth. Um, there's, let's see, two two more in the fifth. Um, let's see, um, four in the seventh. Uh, one in the uh, no, sorry, not one in the eighth, um, and four more in the eighth is as how it went down. Uh, Carbon Carroll one, uh, one and two, um, Perdomo o o and two. Um, let's see, Alex Tom Alec Thomas, uh, he went one for three. Uh, just some of the. Um, Big names that I know are going to be, uh, you know, uh, be a part of the roster or fighting for roster spots. Um, yeah, that's pretty much how that one went down. And then against the Dodgers, they won eleven to five. In fact, uh, it was uh, Dre Jameson. Um, he got the. A win. He he was four and one uh, inning, four and a third uh, innings pitch, four and runs, seven strikeouts, and four walks. A pretty solid outing for him. Um, Dodgers got three runs in the first, and then uh, the Diamondbacks also answered with uh, ten runs in the first. So much different than than the other uh, other game. Yeah, ten runs in uh, unanswered runs in in the first. Uh, Dodgers uh, picked up uh, their four um, their fourth uh, run in the fifth. Diamondbacks got their eleventh uh, and final run in the seventh, and then Dodgers got their fifth run in um, in the eighth. Um, let's see. Josh Rojas, two for four. 
Uh, Evan Longoria, two for two. Um, Christian Walker, one for four. Haven Smith, one for four. Um, Nick Ahmed has been ha- has had a pretty decent spring. He, um, not so much here, but he was one for four. Um, so uh, yeah, that's uh, that's about uh, it for that. And then um, yesterday, um, lost to the Reds uh, seven to four. Um, Zach Allen with the loss, but Zach Allen has been named the opening day, uh, starter. Um, but, uh, he, he's went five and two thirds, uh, five hundred runs, three walks or three strikeouts in one walk. Not, not a great day. And, you know, if you mention that, you're like, man, that's terrible. Why is he the starter? Well, I mean, it's just spring training. That's, we've got a temporary expectation, but he was fantastic. Um, last year, I think it was either going to be between him and, um, Merrill Kelly. And I think they went ahead and went with, uh, Zach Gallen, um, because Merrill was in the world baseball classic, um, and hasn't had a whole lot of spring training. I mean, he has had, you know, the world baseball classic, but not a lot of spring training. So I think that's kind of the decision there, um, for, uh, why they went for that. But the Reds, they scored, uh, uh, one run in the first, uh, one in the fourth, and three in the fifth. Um, Diamondbacks they scored um, four in the uh, sixth to only uh, be behind uh, by one, and then but unfortunately it. Um, in the seventh and eighth, uh, Cincinnati tacked on uh, one run apiece. Uh, for the Diamondbacks, Josh Rojas one one for three, Longoria one for two, Perdomo zero for one, um, Christian Walker one one for two, uh, Corbin Carroll two for three, Nick Ahmed one for three, Jake McCarthy one for three, uh, Alec Thomas zero for three. Um, so just kind of some um, um, hitting opportunities and how that went down, I guess. Um, that at-bats, that's what it is, the at-bats. Um, just to kind of give you an idea of how some of these guys are doing offensively, um, since I never really get too deep into the weeds on it. Um and then they will play the Mariners uh, this afternoon. Uh, Diamondbacks are 13-14 uh, in spring training play. Um, but anyway, that's everything I have on Diamondbacks. So almost uh, 10 minutes there. Uh, we're, uh, so not too bad. We got um, uh, yesterday, uh, last night, in, in fact, um, the Coyotes and... Um, and uh, Suns also played. Unfortunately, their most recent games were losses like the Diamondbacks' most recent loss, which, of course, was the Reds. So it's, it's a bunch of losers going on uh, for today's show. And we're going to go with uh, uh, the Coyotes up next on Big Sky Sports Talk. As I said, 
bunch of losers going on. Coyotes are no exception as they lost uh three to one against the uh Colorado Colorado goodness gracious. Today's been rough. Colorado Avalanche, three to one. Um that uh now makes uh, two back to back well, hold on. Sorry. Um three back to back losses uh for the um yotes uh so it's just a rough road trip um losing 2 to 1 against the jets uh 4 to 3 but getting a point against the oilers and then um 3 to 1 against the avalanche they will play the avalanche um tomorrow um on sunday uh the suns are also playing on sunday uh, but we'll get to them in a bit, but just, I guess, while I was thinking about it. Um, so, uh, Coyotes will be back at home, and they'll face the Avalanche. They'll have, uh, to finish the month, a uh, three-game homestand, and I think it is, yep, it is going into uh, April as well. So, four total games, but three to end the month um, at home. But, uh, anyway, three to one. Um, first period on a power play, um, twelve fifty two. Um, the Avalanche get the one nothing lead, but Keller um scores the only lone goal to tie it up eighteen fifty seven before the end of the period with Nick Schmaltz on the assist. Uh, it's one to one, no goals scored in the second period, and then uh six forty one, um, the Avs uh score. Making it two to one, and then um, on another power play, seventeen or seventeen, eleven seventeen, um, making it uh, three to one. That would be the final. Coyotes eighteen shots on goal with twenty block shots and twenty five faceoffs, uh, one at forty eight point one percent. The Avs, 30 shots on goal with um, five block shots and 27 faceoffs won at 51.9%. Um, one power play opportunity for the Yotes couldn't convert, um, and the penalty kill was not good as um, the Avs had three and converted on two at 66.7%. Uh, penalties for the Yotes, three for six minutes. Avs had one for two minutes, um, eight takeaways and three giveaways for the Coyotes, and nine takeaways and eight um, giveaways for the Avalanche. Um, here's uh, Matt McConnell and uh, Tyson Nash on the um, on Valley Sports giving us the breakdown. Highlights in this one, and it was a 1-1 game, our game summary. And uh, early on, the Colorado Avalanche and that power play connects. Yeah, they had it humming, no question about it. Nathan McKinnon, and he just lets one fly with the good screen comfort right there in front, I believe, providing that screen. And he goes posted in. Goal scorer's goal number 31 on the season for him. And then, though, the Coyotes, well, they answered right back. Late in the first period, Nick Schmaltz wins the foot race. Little spinorama to Clayton Keller. Uh, Clayton Keller makes no mistake on that one. How about 35 
tucks on the season for number nine, Clayton Keller. Unfortunately for the Coyotes, though, that was the only offense they could muster up in this hockey game. They needed more than just Clayton Keller and that line, and they just didn't get enough of it. And they didn't, and uh, there were opportunities uh, throughout this hockey game. Kind of a, a slow middle frame. Karel Vamelka was the other story, too. He was uh, solid again, but unfortunately, uh, the Colorado Avalanche got the two goals in the third period of play, the one from McCarr, and then they followed it up with a JT Comparable. Yeah, just a, a beautiful shot there, McCarr, and there's Comper right there in front, usually providing a screen. This time, he picks up the garbage, and he buries one. Another big goal for Colorado, who did exactly what they wanted to do here in this game. The Cowboys have had their number certainly uh, over the last couple of years. Just couldn't find a way to dig deep enough. Couldn't find that juice. Couldn't find that energy. And you look at the stat sheet there. It was the power play that really did the damage in this one. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, but the Coyotes, because of the way they've been fighting, uh, they're still not mathematically eliminated from... Um, the wild card or playoffs or anything like that yet. Um, and uh, I say yet because, you know, they, they will eventually. And hopefully it'll be a little while. I mean, they but they still might. It still might happen um, even with some wins and some points earned uh, through overtime losses or, or, or what have you. But, um, you know, they play well at home, as we all know. Um, and the next four games, including the next three uh, to end the month, are all at home. Um, and if we look at the league, um, Montreal and Coyotes are the last uh, next two teams that, that could possibly be eliminated right now. Anaheim, Chicago, uh, the um, um, Blue Jackets and uh, San Jose are all eliminated. Uh, Coyotes are 73 games, uh, 27 uh, wins, 34 losses, 12 overtime losses. Um, and then Montreal, 72 games played, 28 wins, 38 losses, and 6 overtime losses. Um, that's the uh, the difference. Um Boston and Carolina have already locked it up for um, for the playoffs, and everybody else is still uh, fighting for for position. Coyotes are just fighting to see if how long they can last. Um, like I said, four games at home uh, should should be uh, pretty good. Maybe they can win all four. That'd be great. Um, they you know need to continue to uh, build build momentum. The you know management with the trades as i said before seems to be tanking but this team is 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 fighting and 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 playing really well um and then finally next i uh, was kind of a breeze of of a show um but uh sons are up next on uh big sky sports talk and and monty williams spoke for more than um more than 90 seconds that's all up next on uh, big sky sports talk Forty-six to twenty was the fouls called uh, between the Suns and the Lakers, um, and Monty Williams wasn't too happy about it. Only spoke for a minute and, and a half um, to the media the other day. Um, 
not not too much better against the um, um, Kings. A bogus technical foul called on on Chris Paul. I still don't even really understand it, but um, Dan Bickley from ninety eight seven FM Arizona Sports, uh, Bickley Murata, um, he doesn't care. Uh, you know that the well, I mean, he cares, but. He thinks that it's only making things worse, the Suns uh, complaining about foul calls. Let's listen in. And it comes up and you're like, oh, wow, that's a strong word. And then you're like, ah, I don't want to believe that. But then maybe you got footage from the Los Angeles Lakers home television broadcast where after a timeout that uh, a foul was committed by a Phoenix Suns player, D'Angelo Russell comes to the Lakers bench and says this. Scott Foster reffing, y'all. Scott Foster. And we know about the Scott Foster rules Mm. and the fear. Remember in the finals run, the fear that Suns fans had every morning Mm -hmm. running to their computers to check to see who was officiating that that night's game so they could see if, in their mind, their team had a chance to win. I Look, I, I could say this beyond the shadow of a doubt. Defensively, The Suns are a mess right now, and part of that mess is they commit way, way too many fouls, Mm -hmm. especially the bench. And we talked about that earlier in the week before this game even happened, Vic. On the other side of it, you know, we we tout the Suns as the monsters of the mid-range, and they've got a bunch of guys that are comfortable shooting in that mid-range area and shooting from three-point territory. You're not going to get fouls out there. Shea Gilgis-Alexander is the blueprint player on how to get to the free throw line if you're frustrated. And Devin mm-hmm. Booker did get to the free throw he line did. last night. He did. Nobody else did. But, but even in hearing what Devin Booker said, even that in his explanation was part of some grand conspiracy. That the free throw discrepancy was terrible until the second half. And then they were then making we'll, up for then it. Then we'll make up for it and make it look okay on a box score. What in the hell are we talking about? Do we really believe this sport is rigged? That's the question I'm asking. Because Al McCoy does. James Jones does. Monty Williams does. Devin Booker does. Luka Doncic does. I could Before I go on with Dan, I think I had it in, in my, um, uh, from Dwayne Rankin's Twitter from yesterday's show. And it's kind of hard to hear him. And that might be why I didn't key on, in on it. Um, or maybe I just didn't even think about it until, you know, um, more recently after someone else had mentioned the same thing. Excuse me. Um, and what uh, Dan is talking about is uh, from Devin Booker. He said, uh, he said, we know what the agenda is after, you know, at being asked about the, the fouls. Now, he could mean it one of two ways is that, you know, uh, sometimes um, when it's so lopsided, for whatever reason, they'll start calling fouls for the opposite team to make not make it so lopsided. But 46 to 20 is still ridiculously lopsided. Or what I think he uh, um, means is that the Lakers, being such a big market, the NBA benefits from someone like the Lakers – Someone like New York, Boston, those bigger markets making the playoffs. And the Lakers are this close. 
they need a couple of wins and and they're at least in the play in tournament. Um I I'll leave it up to you to decide. Um but we we we've seen this movie before um with some of these these uh games and how they're officiated and I've said it the NBA um Adam Silver he doesn't care. They they don't care. That's why they send they send these company men like Scott Foster to officiate a game. Um and again I'm not gonna make a you know big stink about it whether my team wins or loses, but I am gonna state the fact and and um there's a lot been a lot of people say that NBA can be rigged in so, uh, some of these ways as I have hiccups in the middle of my sentence, um, but goodness, um, but. Uh, when you you know when it's that bad it's just like goodness gracious um and you know like vince said a second ago you know the defense has been terrible because the fouls have been terrible um but anyway that that's kind of what they're referring to um i uh i like i said i can't remember if i have it in there but my you know, book did say you know he's like we we know what the engine is and uh that being the possible agenda to help get a big market team like the Lakers into the playoffs. And that's why it was officiated the way it was. And that's why they send company men like uh, Scott Foster. On and on and on. It's, it is absolutely despicable that the sport has digressed into this. And and again, this Monty Williams thing, what bothers me about this is so I have heard Monty Williams from last year's playoffs through this year, do this act back and forth, where during the calm, reflective, strategic ambiance of a practice, we got to get better. That's on us. We talk about them too much. We let them get in our heads. We have to get tough. We have to play through it. Then you get a game like last night, and Devin Booker, matter-of-factly, yeah, I see agendas being pushed. I'm trying to get it out of my head, but I watch these games every night, Chris and I, and we see the same things. What is he saying? What exactly is Devin Booker saying? I And, and why exactly would a league agenda be focused on the Phoenix Suns, a, right. team, a team that's never really hurt anybody? Now, I was wondering when he said that last night, was the agenda against the Suns or for the Lakers? But if we are sensing a larger trend that goes beyond just okay. last night, I guess it would be if, against the Suns. And, no, it would. I, I, I think that's a great question. I mean, how, how desperately... Does the NBA want the Los Angeles Lakers to be in the playoffs? Right. I mean, one of their broadcast partners, ESPN, you turn on programming after a Lakers game, mm-hmm. and the amount of rooting that's going on for oh, them to make disgusting. the playoffs is nauseating. So it's easy to make that connection. They weren't in the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. You don't want two two postseasons without King LeBron? Right. Near the end of his career? Can't have that. So, uh, again, so I, so I think I, I really want to know if this is just idle whinings of a basketball team that is way too soft. And I'm not talking about on the court. I'm talking about between the years. Mm-hmm. That they cannot get refs out of their heads. 
And again, and, and I hate it when anybody does it. Last night, and props to Jeff Van Gundy for anybody who watched the Mavericks uh, Golden State game. Uh, Dave Pash made a comment that Luca actually looked reserved last night, and he did. And and Jeff Van Gundy wasn't having. He's like, "What? You're saying that guy's reserved?" <laughs> Quit being a mouthpiece for the league. This is from Jeff Van Gundy to Dave Patch on the broadcast. On the broadcast. Luca comes down on a possession where the Mavericks have the ball, and he's talking to the refs. He's not even engaged. He's not in what, even in the play. I know the possession that you're talking about, and he was on the right side of the court yeah. in the corner, and he was yeah. engaging an now, official, and he wasn't paying attention. And a player who had the ball looked at Luca as maybe to pass and then went elsewhere. They were playing four on five in that moment. As as I have gotten older and as if I, I have gotten smarter, I've also become incredibly appalled at the level of corruption that's in every major institution in this country. <laughs> I mean, from healthcare to education to the media, you name it. Finance. You name it. We are busted. So would it surprise me if the NBA was corrupt? Not anymore. Yeah. If, if you'd asked me this 10 years ago, I would have laughed in your face. Not anymore. I, not with the corruption, with every element of society that we have now. But, but, the story keeps changing with the Phoenix Suns here. It, campaign after the game. The problem is, is our stars don't get no calls. Okay, Monty Williams after the game said, look at our bench. Our bench didn't get any free throws. What are you asking for? What are you saying the issue? When, when everybody in this organization... When every broadcaster in this organization obsesses over officiating, what are you talking about? Are you saying the Suns are are the victim of a grand conspiracy? Is this where we're at? Well, this is where where I think this is at right now, specifically to the Phoenix Suns. And you know me, and you've known me for a long time. I don't think there's a such the, the rare. Well officiated game in the NBA is a thing. I I, I walk away from most oh, games yeah. whether okay. I'm courtside or watching on television thinking that was a horribly officiated game. But where it is right now with the Suns is in their heads. Oh, and oh. they are a team that is struggling oh. to win and do other things that contribute to winning. And this is a convenient crutch for them to fall back on, and that can manifest itself so, and have really really damaging. So effects. I'm going to turn this right back on Monty Williams. He either has got to get better as a head coach and get this out of his team's heads, or he's got to make a bigger deal out of this and get this and lay this out here in a, in a setting that is not post-game, where you can make a statement, look at a box score, drop the mic, and walk out. How about address this in a real intellectual way after practice someday and tell the rest of the world what it is you're really thinking? Well, I mean, I, I don't hate that idea. It's hard to do now when I'm you're 38 sick. and 33 and you're so gripping onto fourth place. This is a recurring nightly thing with this basketball team. I haven't asked you the question yet. Did you think last night's game was well officiated? I, I I'm like you. I don't. I rarely think that any game is well officiated. <laughs> but I but I never come away from these games going, oh, this was this was rigged. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think that's the problem. Where no one's you know. I mean, yeah, we're hinting that that it's rigged, and and it's not that's not oh woe is me sons. It's not sons 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 woe is me sons. The narrative is the narrative is the narrative, and it's exactly what Devin Booker was hinting at. They they want bigger markets in the playoffs, and I can't say for all the other games that that the Suns have been, uh, you know, behind the eight ball and in discrepancies 
Um, but for the Lakers, that definitely was the agenda. But let's move on before I get so upset. I, you know, Dan kind of fired me up there. I usually agree with him, and most times I do. And it, yeah, it's in their heads. They got to get it out of their heads and just play basketball, you know. And they said that. They said that. Um, but let's go ahead and get into the game at hand. Uh, one thirty-five to one twenty-seven um, was the game uh, last night uh, against Sacramento. Um, Suns barely holding on to that uh, home court advantage uh, four spot. Devin Booker, 32 points, 10 of 16 uh, from the field, 12 of 14 at the line. Um, Kevin uh, Herter, 29 points, 10 of 18 from the field, and 3 of 4 at the line. Booker, 8 rebounds, 7 defensive, 1 offensive. That's a problem already that a, a, a guard led in rebounds. Uh, Herter, 9 um, rebounds, 9 defensive, none on the offensive side. Chris Paul, 13 assists, 1 turnover, 32 minutes. DeMontis Sabonis, nine assists, one turnover in 38 minutes. Uh, Suns, Torrey Craig, 26 minutes, 106 from the field, 03 from deep, four rebounds, one assist, uh, two points. Uh, Josh Kogi, <clears throat> 21 minutes, one of two from the field, 01 from deep, four rebounds, two assists, and uh, four points. Bismack, uh, 17 minutes, three of four from the field, um, three rebounds, two assists, six points. Chris Paul, 32 minutes, five of 12 from the field, one of five from deep, six rebounds, 13 assists, 15 points. Double-double for him. Booker, 33 minutes, 10 of 16 from the field, 0-1 from deep, eight rebounds, five assists, 32 points. TJ Warren, uh, solid off the bench, 29 minutes, seven of 13 from the field, one of four from deep, three rebounds, one assist, 15 points. Jock Landell had a great night. Off the bench, 25 minutes, 8 of uh, 11 from the field, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 17 points. Campaign, not so much. Only scored 1 point in 16 minutes, 0 of 5 from the field, 0 of 3 from deep, 3 rebounds, 5 assists. Landry Shamit, um, 16 minutes, 2 of 4 from the field, 1 of 2 from deep, 1 rebound, 5 points. And Terrence Ross also had a great night. Um uh, second leading score behind Book, 27 minutes, 11-16 from the field, 6 of 10 from deep, 5 rebounds, 1 assist, 30 points. Um, for the Kings, DeMontis Sabonis, 38 minutes, 10-15 from the field, 0-1 from deep, 9 rebounds, 9 assists, uh, 27 points, uh, 1 rebound and an assist short of a triple-double. Um Harrison Barnes, 35 minutes, 7 of 12 from the field, 2 of 5 from deep, 1 rebound, 1 assist, 23 points. Um, let's see. Keegan Murray, uh, 28 minutes, 5 of 7 from the field, 3 of 4 from deep, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 13 points. De'Aaron Fox, 21 minutes, 7 of 15 from the field, 1 of 6 from deep, 1 rebound, 2 assists, 19 points, and... Kevin Herter, 32 minutes, 10 of 18 from the field, 6 of 12 from deep, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 29 points, all five scores and all five starters in double figures. Um, and some light bench con uh, contributions for the Kings. Um, Trey Lyles, 15 minutes, uh, 1 of 4 from the field, 0 of 2 from deep, 6 points. Um, Metu, uh, 10 minutes, 3 or 4 from the field, 2 rebounds, uh, 6 points. Edwards, 11 minutes, 1 or 2 from the field, 0 of 1 from deep, uh, 1 assist, 2 points. Um, Mitchell, 27 minutes, 1 or 4 from the field, 
over three from deep, four rebounds, six assists, two points. Davis didn't score. He had four minutes, o of one from the field, um, and o of one from deep. Um, and then um, Monk, Malik Monk, nineteen minutes, two of seven from the field, one of four from deep, three rebounds, three assists, eight uh, points. Team stats. Suns, 48 of uh, 89, 53.9% from the field. 9 of 29 from deep, that's 31%. And uh, 22 of 29 um, at the line uh, with 75.9% from there. Kings, 47 of 89, 52.8%. Um, so, uh, from deep, um, 13 of 39 33.3%, and then 28 of 32, 87.5%. Suns out-rebounded, uh, 43 to 33, 12 offensive and 31 defensive, with 5 offensive and 28 defensive for the Kings. Um, out-assisted, 33 to 29. Um, Kings had more steals, 6 to 2. Suns had more blocks, 7 to 3. Uh, turnovers, still uh, a problem, not as bad as the last couple nights for or a couple games for the Suns, but still a problem. Um, 12 uh, turnovers, giving up 19 points. Um, and then for the Kings, they had four points, giving up for four turnovers, giving up. Fast break points, uh, seven apiece. Points in the paint, 56 to 64 in favor of the Kings. And fouls, 25 to 23 in favor of the Kings. Two technical fouls. I didn't know what the other one was, but uh, I know Chris Paul had one. Um, uh, largest lead of the game, 14 for the Suns. Largest lead of the game, 13 for the Kings. Here is the recap from Bally Sports. Suns, they waste a 32-point game from Book and 30 from Terrence Ross because it unraveled in that third quarter, including the Suns' composure. Technicals on Booker and CP a little bit later in the period, and the Kings outscored the Suns by 19 in the third quarter. Herder had 16 in the period. Yeah, everything going down for them. I mean, they were rebounding the ball, they were passing the ball, no turnovers in the entire second half for this Kings team. And that guy right there has played bully ball at times. He really did. I mean, it just, it's what Sabonis can do. But, you know, I thought Jock played a great game. You know, I mean, obviously Terrence Ross was terrific coming off the bench. The Suns bench was terrific. But that guy there, Mr. Red Velvet, he Red was, Velvet. He was, he was like all NBA. That's my not, favorite type of cake, by the way. It is pretty good. Not my favorite type of player. Not oh, it's nice. not your favorite type of cake? Well, no, cake, but not player. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's the well, tonight Chris he Paul. was a pretty good Hey, there's Ed Malloy. <laughs> I heard his name once or twice. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is this is how bad that third quarter was. So, so the Suns. They scored 30 in the first, held the Kings to 24. They scored 37 in the second, held the Kings to 32. But the Kings, 45-point third quarter, held the Suns to 26. That was the killer. That was the game. And it was a complete wash in the fourth as they both scored 34. Um, so that that's the difference in the game. That That's rough. You You can't have that. They just fell apart, um, and uh, yeah, you you just can't have that. Let's hear from Monty Williams to get, get his money rundown. 
is obviously on the defensive end. You've talked about not giving up the 30-point quarter. Just what's, what's, what's the struggles on that end right now? Um, there's a number of struggles. I mean, one, we, we got a bit unorganized um, offensively in the third quarter, and it just led to, you know, transition, and, and um, we fouled a, a few times in transition. But defensively, um, you know, against a team like that, we started off pretty well. 32-point quarter, you expect them to have one of those. But the 45 in the, in the third was where we um, just couldn't hold it down. And um, whether it was a coverage or whether it was a, a misread in a, a screening situation, we just weren't that great. And um, then we kind of lost it offensively. Um, so it's obviously a tough loss uh, when you're playing as well as we were in the first half. I think we were up, I don't know, nine, ten, whatever it was. Well, 14, but I think about it the most, I think. At the break. And like then the break, come yeah. out at the third, in the third and, and give that much back. It kind of <clears throat> gave them momentum, especially in this, in this arena. Curious, when you just look at the first half and offensively, what did you feel like was working? I mean, obviously just, Ross and we Landell. Yeah. Moving it. Um, Jock was really good in the pocket. Um, we were playing in second side. We'd run an action, get off of it, and then we, we punished them. And um, in the second half, we just didn't consistently stay in those, those environments. So it's something we have to learn from. You know, we, when you're doing something and it's working, you keep doing it until they stop it, then you go to your counter. I didn't feel like we stayed. Um, I thought they pressured us a little bit. They, they physically got up and, and challenged us, so we were a bit further away from the basket. But that just leaves you more space on the backside. So we just had a really a challenging um, third quarter. I mean, that's where we lost the game. You look at you look at Kevin, and he was coming back, obviously, and the three-point shooter that he yeah. is. But there was some switches that you're talking about. Where well, a couple times we went under on him. Right. I mean, he's one of the best shooters in the league, and so we went under on him a couple time, a couple of times, and if not more than two times, and that got him going. Um, outside of that, I mean, he's he's a really good player. He also bullied us at the rim tonight a couple times. So, and then we had some mishaps on some switches and they got to the basket, um, or we go double-team when we weren't supposed to double-team. We didn't have help on the backside. Curious now with, you know, obviously Kevin, you're looking at him coming back maybe end of the month or, or so, and DeAndre too, but still, uh, how do the guys I'm, hold it down and fort down? I'm, I'm more concerned with how we're playing right now. I'm more concerned with us um, focusing on the game and not get letting the officiating or – whatever's happening on a play where we file in transition. I think we had two take files tonight. Like th those are things that, that we can't control. And so um, 70 plus games in the season, you know, we should be further along in those categories and we just have to be better. Coach, you guys have played the Kings four times now. Mm -hmm. Just what's your overall take on them? Just, you know, they're just a re they're really good offensive team. I mean, they, they score the ball faster and they have shooters everywhere and they have multiple ball handlers they have a point guard who's 6 11 uh, and left-handed and once he gets the ball he knows how to play on the backside and he can finish um, seems like he f he's finishing with more force at the rim than I've ever seen him before but they, they have a lot of guys who can score the ball they have a lot of ball handlers who can who can facilitate. Coach, we can have just the bench with Lander, Walls, and, and Warren. 
been a minute since you've had that kind of offensive yeah yeah I just thought those guys came in and gave us a lift um, Jock was great in the first half and uh, T Ross was great all night just hitting shots and the other thing he does is he spaces the floor and and then TJ's you know for his second time out there with normal minutes he's, he's starting to show you know what he can do as far as knocking down the shot he posted up one time got an and one uh, playing off the dribble um, you know, he'll figure out some of the defensive stuff as we as we go along, but um, it's good to see those guys with that kind of production. You mentioned uh, <clears throat> moving away from some of those offensive actions that were working, getting kind of pushed out of that, and some of the defensive miscues too. I mean, that sounds like a lot of discipline kind of shortcomings. That's I mean, do you exactly feel like that's there and it just wasn't tonight? It, was, it wasn't there consistently. Yeah. You know, 70-plus games in the year, you, you, you want to be able to – Hold that, hold that down for longer periods. Now, this team will stress you out. Um, if you show the same coverage all night, they're going to you know, pick you apart. But we, we just didn't have um, the discipline to hold on to it. And a lot of it was our offense in the third. We just gave up so many transition opportunities. Opportunities, it's hard to play um, in coverage when you're in transition. I mean, what is the corrective for that? Is that something that it's easy to go over on film and kind of point out what's happening and when. It's everything. Yeah. It's film. It's um, personal accountability. It's team accountability. It's it's me looking at what we do and making sure we're in the right stuff. Uh, that's probably number one. Um, but this team's done it before. I mean, we've I've been with this group uh, for four years now. We've we've had obstacles. We've had um, things in front of us that were pretty pretty tough. I mean, we've had. My first year, we lost eight in a row, and we finished the season winning eight in a row. And so I, I know we can do it, and that's why I'm, you know, a night like tonight, I'm not excited. But I do know that this group uh, can pull it together. And, and we've had a lot of new guys out there trying to figure out what we do on the fly. That can be tough, but we got to get it going um, and not rely on Kevin and DA coming back, and then we turn it on. I want to have a, a good flow and rhythm so that when those guys do come back, um, we're a solid team. Devin grabbed the rest. Is he, is he good? I, I think so. I, I don't know just yet. Thanks, Bill. Yeah. So six and a half versus a minute and a half uh, on on Mont there. Um, it you know it sounds like he 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 knows what they need to do. They just need to do it, and I think that's the the issue. A couple times uh, mentioned. Um, well, Kevin. One, Kevin Herter, he talked about Kevin Herter, but then he talked about Kevin Durant. Um, should, uh, right now, his target date, his thing, he's progressing, looks like he could be available on the 29th. It's a nationally televised game against at home against the Timberwolves. They have, um, i go ahead and mention that now, they're back at home against the 76ers. Um, and then uh, tonight... And then, um, and then on Sunday, uh, hold on, not not Sunday. On Monday, if I'm, yeah, my math is correct. Yep, on Monday they're uh, um, on the road against a Jazz a getaway game, and then, um, and then the uh, Wednesday at home against the uh, Timberwolves. Um, and then they finish the month at home against the Nuggets on the 31st. 
And then there's only five games left after that. Um, so, a uh, total of nine total games. Uh, I guess while we're talking about nine games, they are um, not going to catch... Um, let's see. With nine games, they are... Well, they, they swapped with the Clippers first off. They're a half game behind the Clippers. Um, the three spot is still open against Sacramento, but they, they have to really go on, on a run. They're not, um, they're only five games, six games, uh, be at back from, uh, Sacramento, Denver and Memphis have all clinched the, uh, the division, um, already, um, Milwaukee, Boston and Philly all clinched a berth, but um, not their division. Detroit uh, and Charlotte have been eliminated. Uh, San Antonio and Houston have uh, been eliminated. And then, like I said, Suns are out of home court advantage um, by a half game, and they are uh, tied with Golden State. So if one more loss, they are in the play-in tournament. So right now they're they're still in the top six, with nine games, uh, nine games left. Uh, Chris Paul, um, uh, Dwayne Rankin got in front of Chris Chris Paul, um, and uh, and talked with with him uh, real briefly. So here is uh, Chris with uh, Dwayne. Just maybe just speaking to just all of it, the frustration with the game, the officiating the whole bit. How do you how do you see it's crazy man? We gotta play better, but I think everything is magnified with the officiating. Ain't nobody saying we playing great, we gotta play better. You know what I mean? We had a good first half, third quarter, we just gave up too many points. You know what I mean? Defense, turnovers and all that. So then all the extra stuff just compiled. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you look at good, I'm sorry, Chris. No, I was gonna say when you just when in the, in the third quarter, when it starts to unravel, and then a call here, a call there, that just makes it. Is that what you're speaking to? Yeah. Especially when we played for a long time, you know what I mean. But we still gave ourselves a chance. You know, we just got to keep staying together. We got nothing tomorrow. Yeah. Curious with Ross and and Warren and Landell to, to spark that gas. Yeah, yeah. Great, great. Them guys came off there was a huge spark. You know what I mean? We gotta we gotta keep that going. Understand that we gotta we gotta keep playing. That's all we keep talking about. In spite of it, you know what I mean. It ain't like we ever gonna play a game without the officials. Oh, I would love to hear the hear the rest of that. Um, you, I think he's gonna say you can co- control what you can control. Um, he also spoke to uh, Devin Booker. Um, let's go. Tonight would win nine out of ten games. Uh, just game plan discipline. You know, I think that third quarter they went on, you know, a big run and knocked down a lot of shots. Um, getting back in transition. Sack does a good job. You know, five out offense with you know Sabonis playing the point guard. So you know you got to lock in at all times because there's nobody in the paint to protect you. So um, they got a lot of back doors, open threes. 
that's just a recipe for disaster for us. Curious when that first half you had obviously Landale and TJ had it going, and then mm-hmm. Terrence had it going the whole game. Just but then maybe just speak to the spark that they gave. Yeah, they yeah. played well. Um, they brought us back at the end of the third too. Um, when me and Chris went to the bench, so you know, shout out to the bench guys. They played unbelievable tonight. Um, we just you know we didn't have enough to finish it up. When you just summarize the road trip, what's coming to your mind right now and three games that all the losses and just maybe just how are you feeling about the team at this point? That's life, man. We'll be good. We'll be good. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was go ahead. saying you guys have played the Kings four times this season. Yeah. I know the first two games you guys won. Just what have you guys seen differently from the team just over the last you know, few months? I think they're playing well then. I think they've been playing well the whole season. Um, you know, those were hard-fought games, the ones that we won. Um, yeah, so because then they've been playing well all season. You talked about the discipline part. Does that surprise you, though, that they're this far in the season and that's happening, or is that a product of having new guys trying to figure out what you guys do defensively? Yeah, I think it's more of that. Okay. Um, you know, we, we had a program, even with KD coming, you know, you were losing three guys that were a part of it. Right. You know, and, and he's not playing, so... You know, you're missing three starters and role players. Um, but, like I said, I'll be fine. Um, he'll be back soon. We're obviously trying to figure it out before he gets back, but he'll be back soon. Uh, yeah, um, there's kind of book kind of uh, confirming that he will indeed be back soon. Um, let's see. Uh, one more from book let me get it going it's just like a real literally a real quick one like 15 seconds and go you'll find that like like what Uh, do you trust in the team yeah could you expand on that what do you mean just just when you say the team like what i believe in everybody in here Uh, we have the pieces to do it you'll find that like (laughs) Don't know necessarily what was uh, what was asked there, but uh, you know um, they are one and six in the last seven games, and and I, I guess uh, that's kind of was say, hey, you're you're one and six last six games, you know, you feel how do you feel? And uh, you know he still believes in the team, still believes in what they got going on. So I mean, I guess it's good. His confidence is still real high. Um, and then last but not least. Uh, Terrence Ross, a season-high 30 points. Uh, tell us about it, bud. No, I mean, you're always letting it go regardless, but just maybe how to feel tonight to be able to knock down shot after shot to keep you guys in the game. Um, it felt good to be in a groove in a rhythm. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it felt better if we got a win. Yeah. What is, when you look at just defensively right now, and I know it's new guys with you being one of them still, figuring out what it is, but how much of it is that and how much of it is just guard your guy right now in terms of the defense right now? Um, so just guard your guy. I mean, it is what it is. We just got to get better at guarding the ball, keeping it contained, not fouling as much. Well, I think we did a little better job of that tonight, but um, not to where you want to be right now. But, uh, I mean, we still got some time to get to where we want to be. You know, so we just got to work at it, make a conscious effort to apply it when we're out there. 
you know, and just, just stay with it. Curious with you and TJ and John. It's probably the first time that all three of you played together for that long. Um, how you like that look? Yeah. <clears throat> I know, it, was, it, was, it was cool. Um, yesterday we did a lot of second unit script offense, trying to get a better feel of you know, where we can score from, how we can get the, the ball moving, not so stag- not keeping the ball so stagnant. But I think yesterday was a good day for us to kind of you know, learn, get a little of the, the habits down a little bit better. And, um, I think it showed tonight. Well, lastly, how do you carry that over? Because clearly without <laughs> Kevin and, and, and DeAndre, the bench is probably going to be called upon again. To... No, man, you just got to be ready, man. Next man up, that's the mentality you got to have. Uh, I mean, you got to do your job. It's not a one-man thing, so, you know, we got to rely on each other to kind of pick up the slack, but uh, we'll, we'll be ready. All right. Um, I like that look, too. Uh, Jock, uh, TJ, Warren, and, um, and Terrence Ross. I think we'll be seeing more of that. I hope we will. Um, I don't know how much um, uh, Kevin and um, and DeAndre Ayton coming back should affect that. Um, again, I don't know. You know, I, I like I said, I think those three should be like one of the first three, you know, when they go to the bench. Um, it's, I guess in certain situations, but, you know, uh, the way it worked – um, last night was was really good. All three scored really well. Jock Landell, uh, Terrence Ross, and and um, T.J. Warren had it going going on. And, and Monty even spoke about you know how how good it was, how, how good it felt to get that kind of production. Um, but anyway, that is the show. Let's go ahead and get my boom, get my music going. There we go. Um, sorry I didn't have anything going yesterday. Um, but I, 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 maybe I made up for it today. Um, a pretty solid packed show. Um, and I felt like it was a pretty good one. Um, it's unfortunately getting out late. It's almost eight in the morning. So I should get it up mid morning. You'll have it, of course, all weekend. Listen to it. Um, you know, sometime the rest of the way today, tomorrow and then all one Monday too, uh, since we'll be back, um, Tuesday, but, uh, I uh, appreciate you guys listening as always. Uh, feel free to email me. I mentioned it earlier in the show. If you're new to the show, maybe you're one of the uh, kids from uh, Linwood listening. That'd be great. Um, let me know if you are. Um, sorry, yesterday I felt like I bombed, but and I'm not always like this. And you, if you've heard the whole show up to this point, then you kind of get a feel about how to do it and what, or not how to do it, but what I do. And and uh, if you like it, you know, please let me know. Um, big sky sports talk at gmail.com. Um, and then you can, I'm also on Facebook and Instagram, big sky sports talk. You can type that in the bar at big sky sports talk and on Facebook and Instagram, you can uh, find me there and shoot me messages that way. Um, as far as the show, uh, obviously if you're what you're the platform you're listening on, you've, you've already found us. Um, but maybe you like another platform better. We are all over the place. Here's just a few. Uh, Spotify, Apple, Google, Audible, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Stitcher. Uh, That's just to name a few. Uh, Please uh, listen and subscribe to all of those, as many as you want. Um, And uh, share it. Share it on social media. Tell your friends and family about it. Tell your enemies. Tell your neighbors. uh, All about the show and, and, uh, 
and get the word out and i i certainly appreciate it uh we will be back on uh tuesday lord willing thank you have a good day have a good weekend